This is the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore. We welcome Colony New York Town historian Kevin Franklin. How are you, Kevin? I'm well, Bob. How are you? I'm okay. Kevin Franklin joins us to take a look at the history of Schuyler Flats, which is located within the town of Colony, uh, between Menans and Water Valit. Schuyler Flats was occupied by the Schuyler family from 1692 to 1910. Over the years, this piece of land was a habitation of the Mohegan Indians, a settlement by early Dutch farmers. It was uh, used for encampments during the French and Indian and Revolutionary Wars. The Colonel Philippus Schuyler House at the Flats was occupied until the early 1900s, but uh, tragically burned in 1962. The town of Colony in 2002 established a cultural park on 12 acres at Schuyler Flats. How are we doing on the, on the thumbnail sketch of it? Is that pretty accurate? Anything you want to add to that? No, that's uh, that's pretty accurate. The the park uh, uh, the park opened on October tenth, actually two thousand and two. Um, the uh, the Schuyler family lived there for oh I don't know how many generations, but nearly three hundred years. Um, they uh, they established their own cemetery down there. Uh, the family did uh, not only their immediate family, but some of the. Uh, Close friends uh, who lived nearby were also uh, uh, buried in the in the Schuyler Cemetery. Uh, the uh, you know the history of the site, uh, as you said, Bob goes uh, uh, back to uh, uh, the, the uh, Mohegan Indians and um, became a, uh, a a Rensselaer family farm uh, in the very early 1600s, and um, by 1640. Uh, Two, uh, the site is uh, uh, occupied by Arden Van Curler uh, mm-hmm. for a number of years, and then by the, the late 1660s, uh, the Schuyler family uh, purchases the uh, the land. Well, let's uh, start with Arendt Van Curler, who was the founder of Schenectady. Uh, it, you know, later in that in that century, he why why was he there? I mean, he was farming there. Is that what he did? Or? Van Curler, as I understand it, was the nephew of uh, Killian Van Rensselaer, who was considered the first patron uh, of the uh, of the manor of Rensselaerswick. Uh, eventually, the, the the manor would would take in land that uh, would be t- well. Today, it would be. Uh, most of uh, Rensselaer and Albany counties, and, and a small portion of, uh, of Greene County, so uh, purchased, you know, in pieces uh, from the uh, Native Americans, uh, but almost uh, three quarters of a million acres of land all under the control of one family, and that was the Van Rensselaers. But Killian Van Rensselaer was never known to have visited or, or come to the New World. Uh, he uh, uh, was a, was a, a diamond merchant uh, in Holland, mm-hmm. and uh, he uh, financed uh, some of the uh, uh, development uh, of, uh, of what would be, you know, Fort Orange area, uh, and some of the farms that uh, uh, that were growing outside of the initial 
on settlement at uh, Beaverwick or Fort or Fort Orange. And one of the earlier farms was uh, was this, this area called the Flats. And what what Killian Van Rensselaer did is he sent his nephew Arden Van Curler over to uh, Albany or to this area uh, to keep an eye on his financial interests, and that included uh, the land at the flats. And by by 1643, uh, Van Curler, uh, we've only got one, a couple of pieces of paper that survived the disastrous uh, uh, capital fire mm-hmm. uh, that that still uh, has of uh, Arden Van Curler's uh, signature on it, and and the letter that uh, he wrote to. Uh, uh, to Killian Van Rensselaer telling him that he built a 30-foot-long house at the flats. Uh, they called it Deflect, D, and they spelled it V-L-A-C-H-T-E. So that would be the, the, the Dutch word for flats. Mm-hmm. Uh, and in the spring, that he had contracted to build a large farmhouse there. Uh, Van Curler was... Uh, he was supposed to be doing the bidding of of, uh, of his uncle Killian, but I think he was kind of making uh, his own way, and not so much. And Killian had accused him of not taking care of his financial interests and, and whatever. But uh, he did establish a, a dwelling there called a, a what they call it a, a hellahus, which is it's part barn. Or stables, mm-hmm. and then part uh, dwelling for uh, human occupation, and sometimes separated by by a wall. And we believe it was that structure uh, that, uh, in later years, in 1643, that uh, with the help of uh, Arden Van Curler. Uh, Father Isaac Jogues was able to make his escape from his Mohawk Indian captors, mm. but that's a, that's a whole other well, story. Well, but it is a story I wanted to uh, uh, get into. It's sort of uh, interesting that uh, Van Curler down at the Flats, uh, this flatland which is adjacent to the Hudson River, that's why it's called the Flats, right? Or in... The flat area land. north of uh, north of Albany uh, was, was all uh, uh, alluvial uh, flats, uh, kind of stony, grainy, but it, and it was also uh, because of spring freshets uh, in, in the Mohawk, you know, in the Hudson River, uh, and a lot of the silt that was carried down from the Mohawk and from the adjacent streams coming into uh, uh, into the Hudson River uh, above uh, Albany uh, would all periodically would flood, and and it would leave uh, silts. On those on those flats, and that was very fertile yeah, dirt, uh, and uh, helpful towards the, you know the growing of uh, of plants and and uh, uh, wheat and uh, and and anything else that they uh, normally grew back yeah. then. We're talking with Kevin Franklin, town of Colony historian, about the history of the Schuyler Flats. The Schuylers haven't even got there so far in the story. We've got uh, Van Curler there, aren't Van Curler? who will go on to found Schenectady. 
But interestingly, he played a role in the life of Father Isaac Jogues, who became a saint of the Roman Catholic Church when uh, he was um, martyred by the Mohawk Nation. But this was when Jogues was uh, maybe the first time in trouble uh, with the the Mohawk Nation up uh, at what is now Orisville, formerly Asinenan. But somehow, uh, Van Curler convinced the Mohawks uh, to let him take uh, Jogues or or to hold him for a while, kind of in house arrest or something? Well, the, the story, as I understand it, and uh, it's been it's been written in several books, but there's there's one book. Uh, it's called Saint Among Savages. Uh, I know that's not a politically correct term to use today, uh, but that is the name of the book. And uh, and part of it, when when Jogues was able to make his escape, he wrote about his uh, his time as a captive as a captive uh, in, uh, of the Mohawks. Uh, Jogues was captured uh, by the Mohawks. Uh, he was in a, uh, uh, a canoe, or uh, you know, probably a canoe, I would think, uh, traveling with a, a fellow a Frenchman and uh, possibly some some uh, some soldiers or other traders uh, under the the French flag. And of course, the uh, the French were aligned with uh, with the Northern Indians, who were uh, enemies of the of the Mohawk Indians. And the Mohawks uh, set up a uh, an ambush and uh, captured uh, Isaac Jogues and also a fellow by the name of Rene Goupil, uh and dragged them back to uh, their uh, their castle uh, in the in the Mohawk River and vicinity of uh, today's Orisville uh, and held them held them captive uh, they were not treated well uh, they, they were tortured uh, and somehow uh, van Curler uh, got word that that uh, Isaac Jogues had been uh, had been captured by the Mohawk um, it's my understanding that that the uh, the French Jesuit priests were also they were assigned they're almost an arm of the French uh, you know military. Uh, they were assigned to these various uh, forts uh, uh, that the uh, uh, that the French had built, you know, uh, mm-hmm. Montreal and Quebec and, and and others. And but Jogues was a very educated man. Uh, he could speak several different languages, and he also learned to speak the the uh, the Mohawk tongue. Uh, but Van Curler uh, got, he was ordered actually to go into the Mohawk Valley to see if he could secure Jogues' release. Uh, I think Jogues had also some political connections uh, in in, uh, in Europe that had made its way to New Netherland, uh, today's New York City, uh, who sent the word up to Van Curler to try to secure Jogues' release. So Van, uh, Arden Van Curler uh, went into the Mohawk uh, Valley with a handful of, uh, of people, and uh, these two fellows, Rene Goupel and Isaac Jogues, came running when they saw that they were Dutchmen, came running towards them, you know, begging to be uh, taken back with them. So they they spoke with the with the Mohawks, and the Mohawks were not willing to give up either of these men. Uh, but they promised Van Curler that they would not kill Jogues 
because he was a black robe, uh, and they were suspicious of his powers. Uh, he would uh, baptize people and and uh, and and uh, you know mm-hmm. do uh, other uh, you know acts of of, of religion, uh, try to treat sick people. Uh, so they they weren't very they were very wary of 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 his what kind of power he may have right. had. Uh, sorry, we, we got to get <laughs> so yeah, eventually yeah. he takes Jogues though, doesn't he? Down to uh, the, the flats. Well, no, no, he doesn't. Uh, Jogues, uh, the Indians killed Rene Goupil. Okay, they kill they killed him, but Jogues had overheard. Uh, some of the the Mohawk chiefs talking about how they wanted to attack one of the forts up in uh, up in Canada. So Jogues writes a letter in at least four different languages. And if the letter was intercepted, uh, it, it would have had to have been read by someone who was educated. And he gets this letter, and he and he's able to give it to a trader who brings it up to Canada to this to this fort. And when and this is at the same time. Uh, the Mohawks are going to attack this fort up in Canada. The Jogues is is with some of the uh, women and also uh, just a handful of braves uh, fishing in the Hudson River uh, for the migratory fish that come up the Hudson River. And uh, the Indians were uh, the French knew they were coming, and and the uh, the French uh, basically uh, you know shot them to pieces and. Uh, Jogues uh, was the suspect in this, and Van Curler knew about it, and he told Jogues, he said, I have a way for you to escape, and Jogues had promised the Mohawks that he was not going to try to escape, but uh, he was a very pious individual, and Van Curler said, well, maybe God is speaking to me to to give you a way to to escape. And the long uh, and short of the story okay. is that Van Curler is able to help Jogues to escape, and Jogues uh, gets on the last ship. Uh, he's he's uh, the Indians are furious. They they go down to Albany and they search Albany. They they can't find him, and eventually uh, Van Curler does tell okay. them, "Yes, I, I took Jogues." All right, and then eventually Jogues comes comes yep. back and is uh, uh, martyred up at Osernanan or Orysville. But if we could just move move on here because time is time is fleeting uh that was uh when van curler was there eventually he leaves there i presume because he found it's connected in 1662 so now let me ask you who were the schuylers and why did they settle at uh, schuyler flats well it, it was considered the best farm uh but when when van curler had left the farm and went to uh, uh he was one of the people that founded Schenectady uh by the 16 uh it was 16, uh, 16 you know 45 to to 50s and 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 into uh the very early 1600s the uh, 1660s rather uh the the farm was basically abandoned and uh, parts of it had caved in and uh Schuyler, uh, purchased the land in uh, I think in 1667, uh, no, 16, 1672. In 1672, Richard Van Rensselaer, who still owned the land, okay, the Van Rensselaers still own the property, sells the farm at the at the flats to Philip Peterson Schuyler for 700 beavers and 1600 guilders. 
a total value of 8,000 guilders. So by 1672, the Schuylers established themselves at the uh, at the flats. Okay. And there is a burial ground at the uh, Schuyler Flats where uh, s- slaves that the Schuylers had owned were buried. And that was in the n- news recently, as I recall. That was in, in uh, 2005. There was, uh, across the Broadway from the Flats, of course, the Schuylers owned a tremendous amount of land, all of, you know, basically what is today's city of Waterville, and then going up into the town and southward into Menands, uh, uh, up in Saratoga County, uh, Schuylerville, you know, they owned a tremendous amount of land. Uh, but they they were also known to uh, to have slaves, but nobody ever knew there was the slave cemetery uh, was unmarked. Uh, it was never on any map that we could find, uh, and the town had a, uh, a construction project, a sewer line that they had to work on, and they dug in the in the, in the area uh, of uh, the entrance to uh, you know FedEx, uh, Federal Express, across the street from the flats, and they stumbled upon uh, a graveyard, and the dig was 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 stopped. And uh, Hartgen Archaeology actually came in and expanded the uh, uh, the site, and they they determined that there were oh, I'm not sure the number of individuals right now, but adults and children and and uh, and infants actually buried there uh, of African descent, and also one of uh, of Indian uh, descent. Uh, and the uh, the remains were removed to uh, the state museum for examination and doing testing, and and they were eventually turned uh, back over uh, to uh, well, I believe the uh, the people that were involved in it were also with the Underground Railroad uh, uh, organization in Albany, but they were accepted into uh, St. Agnes Cemetery. Uh, Kelly Grimaldi, uh, who is a historian for St. Agnes Cemetery, uh, worked with uh, a number of people to bring uh, these uh, the remains of, uh, of a number of these slaves and put them into uh, uh, St. Agnes Cemetery. And it was a, it was a wonderful uh, uh, event, uh, very uh, very solemn, uh, and attended by at least a couple hundred people. Mm. Uh, it was a very, very nice, yeah. uh, nice event. We're talking but with uh, Kevin Franklin, Town of Colony historian about the Schuyler Flats. We'll be back with him in uh, just a moment. We depend on your contributions to help us keep the Historian's Podcast on the Internet. Go to our uh, GoFundMe page, gofundme.com forward slash 2019 dash the dash historians, and they'll walk you through how to uh, make a contribution. Or you can write out a check, uh, write it out to me, Bob Cudmore, and send to 125 Horseman Drive in Scotia, New York, 12302. Town of Colony historian Kevin Franklin telling us about uh, Schuyler Flats. I guess what first confused me about this site uh, was that the Schuylers, the family, you know, had a big mansion in Albany, but they also had this property and and other properties, as you were uh, alluding to. And when we come to the wars of the 1700s, the 
um, French and Indian Wars, as we call them here, and the American Revolution, I gather that the flats were used as a staging ground, uh, for example, for the unsuccessful British assault on the French fort we know as Ticonderoga, but the French called Fort uh, Carrion back in 1758? That's correct, Bob. And when when I saw that... uh... Uh, that email that you had, uh, had sent out about uh, Ticonderoga uh, is, is when I, I said, you know, I told myself we, we have this, this wonderful, wonderful uh, site uh, called the Schuyler Flats Cultural Park. Uh, it's on both a national register and also uh, a, a national uh, landmark site. Uh, but it's often overlooked when it comes to the importance of some of the events that took place that led up to uh, that disastrous uh, American and British attack on Ticonderoga. And and much of that is is, uh, recorded in a book uh, called Memoirs of an American Lady by Anne Grant. Anne Grant was the daughter of a a British military officer, the fellow, he was a Scotsman, actually. And uh, I'm not sure how, but uh, Madam Schuyler had taken a liking to uh, this this girl, who was was a young girl at the time, probably in her early teens, and uh, allowed her to stay at uh, at the flats. And her memoirs include, in, in great detail, descriptions of the buildings and the farms mm-hmm. and, and the uh, uh, the barns, rather, uh, and all those events that were taking place uh, when when this great army at that and at that point in time, it was the largest army ever assembled on American soil up until the Civil War. Uh, the uh, the amount of, uh, of, of people that, that traveled northward to attack uh, Ticonderoga, uh, everybody figured that they would have the fort uh, in, in American and British possession in no time flat, and that's not what happened. Mm. Uh, they really took a beating, and they, 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 the, the remnants of this, uh, uh, of this campaign came back uh, and, and into the flats and also into Albany, where people's houses were set up uh, as uh, hospitals. Uh, mm. Schuyler's barn was, was set up as a, uh, a hospital. Uh, the first indication that something had gone wrong up in uh, Ticonderoga was a rider who was speeding on his horse, galloping uh, at, at a fast pace past the flats, uh, to make his way into Albany, and he just yelled that uh, Ticonderoga is lost, mm. uh, and that uh, one of the British officers—I'm trying to think of his name right now—that Madame Schuyler was very fond of, actually, had been killed, uh, and the whole family at the flats, including uh, servants and slaves and whatever, broke out into these great laminations and, and uh, were crying and whatever. They thought. 
all was done. You know, they figured Albany was going to fall next, and, mm. and of course, it never did. Never did. And I'm sorry to interrupt, but uh, we, we do, I do have to move on. Um, the Schuylers continue to uh, live at the uh, Schuyler Flats, or some members of the family that weren't always named Schuyler, all the way up to 1910. And then there were various people, I guess, occupying the place. And eventually it was home to a circus, the Straits shows. I mean, it's a big flat land, a good place to uh, store stuff for a circus. The, the straight shows were uh, a railroad uh, show. Uh, they're still in uh, in business today. They're, they're headquartered down in Florida. Uh, the straight shows, uh, I think it's the James E. Straits shows, uh, they actually owned uh, the land for a period of time. Uh, and, then, and then sold that. Uh, the house was set up at, at one point as a, oh, like a senior living type of a, uh organization, uh, and then that didn't last very long. And then the, then the house uh, lay vacant for uh, a period of time. And in 1962, uh, someone, I don't know if it was the kids or whatever, uh, set the building on hmm. on fire and uh, destroyed the uh, destroyed the structure, all, all except the Dutch door, which we got back thirty years later, or almost forty years later really? after the fire. Yeah. yeah. Um, also, the the flats, which since two thousand two has been a a cultural park, uh, it's on the National Register of Historic Places, but also listed as a National Historic Landmark. W- what do these uh, categories mean? I, I, the designation for the landmark is because of its uh, archaeological importance, uh, with the uh, the interaction between the uh, the very you know the very early Dutch occupation of Albany, and uh, the interaction between the Dutch and the Native Americans. Uh, not only that period of time, but also before the Dutch even got there. Uh, the uh, the Native Americans had occupied that site for thousands of years, so its its archaeological importance uh, combined with all of the uh, historic events that took place at that site bumped the importance of it up historically and whatever to that uh, landmark site. And uh, we're speaking with uh, Kevin Franklin, who's the uh, Town of Colony historian. But you were telling me, Kevin, that there's a man named Dr. Paul Huey, who's quite an authority on Schuyler Flats. Yeah, there's there's two people, actually, that uh, I'd like to mention. And one of them is, is Dr. Huey and, and his wife, Lois. Uh, they excavated uh, the uh, portions of the uh, of the Schuyler Foundation and around the foundation back in 1971-72 uh, and held little classes there for uh, uh, some of the schools, local schools, Waterloo High School was one of them and, and others. But, you know, after this, this site had fallen into disrepair over a period of years and it was all grown up and it became a dumping area for the local residents, you know, around it. Uh, and when the town finally acquired the property, uh, back in the 1980s uh, and into the 90s, uh, there was a fellow there that worked at my, the historian before me was a woman by the name of Jean Olton, and many, many people will remember her name. Uh, but at that time also was a concert, the town of Colony had a conservation officer, and that fellow's name was uh, Paul Russell. 
And Paul was responsible, literally, for overseeing the rebirth of that site down there and the clearing of uh, non-native invasive uh, plants, uh, which included locust trees and and everything else, and then uh, building uh, uh, a structure there, like a a small barn. uh, And, I mean, really, I could go on and on. Uh, I witnessed uh, Paul working on that site down there uh, as, as a uh, as a police officer in, in Manance. We've been talking with Colony New York Town historian Kevin Franklin about the Schuyler Flats. The town of Colony has established a cultural park at the Schuyler Flats located between uh, Manance and Water Valite in the town of Colony. You have been listening to the Historian's Podcast, and I'm Bob Cudmore.